sometimes people just need to chill and unplug and not do anything and just be. We don't need to do more. We just need to be. And I think if anything, I'm hearing more and more the silver linings of people are forced through this time to learn how to be again. Welcome to the Simply Be podcast, a no-bullshit guide to building your brand, your business, and your best life. I'm Jessica Zweig, founder of Simply Be, and you will hear from CEOs, entrepreneurs, authors, reality TV stars, shamans, influencers, and everyone in between, including me, on why your authenticity is the ultimate key to building a business and a life on your own terms. We are so happy you found us, but really, by listening, you've taken one step closer to finding yourself. If you love this show, be sure to rate, review, and share it with the most authentic people that you know. And if you wanna be the first to hear when our newest episodes drop, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So let's set ourselves free to simply be. You ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the Simply Be Podcast, episode number 56. Well, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Happy July. It's my birthday month. I always wake up on July 1st, literally every year, and I squeal with joy because it's my birthday month. I love the summer. I'm totally a Leo, such a summer baby. I live for the sunshine. It's the beginning of a new quarter, fresh vibes. Q2, as you know, as a CEO, I kind of look at the year, obviously in quarters. And Q2, well, I, I don't think you need to be a CEO to, to recognize that Q2, uh, April, May, and June sucked and was really, really challenging and had a lot of things come up that uh, were unearthed that were, for lack of a better word, dark. And I don't know, just Q3, it feels lighter. I feel lighter. I feel energetically clearer, shifting into new spaces, new people, new team members, new, I got a new notebook. <laughs> Everything just feels really, really fresh and it's the best feeling ever. I, I really hope you're feeling it too. Little sunshine, actually a lot of sunshine can go a long way and we are in the heart of the summer. So please soak up July, August, even September, it stays sunny. I, I love that we're in a new part of the year. It just feels really, really new. To that end, I am really excited about this guest today for lots of reasons. One, he's incredible and I've admired his work for a really long time and I've listened to him on other people's shows and I'm so thrilled he's come onto mine. But I love that Dr. Will Cole is going to talk about functional medicine today and wellness and health because this is a topic that's actually really important to me, very near and dear to my heart. I have struggled myself with autoimmune issues my whole adult life. I've had to really change my diet. I've had to change my lifestyle. I've had to really learn to be my own healer. But if I'm going to be really honest with you guys, over the course of the last few months, I have really fallen off track. Um, I would say pretty much since the holidays, I 
kind of went off my diet, um, started drinking alcohol again. I was sober curious pretty much all of 2019. And quarantine, the quarantine 15, I don't think I gained 15 pounds, but I definitely gained some weight and fell off of my routine. You know, I drank a lot more wine. I didn't really distinguish meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was just one kind of big day of snacking because I was fucking home every day, all day, and spinning a bit emotionally. And so just kind of knocked myself off balance. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I, I really think we've all struggled with staying active and staying fit and healthy and clear in mind and body because we've been in quarantine. And so coming out of quarantine and into this next chapter of the year, um, I'm really getting focused again and really recalibrating my body. I'm cutting out a bunch of things and really trying to optimize my health because I know you guys probably know this if you've been listening to my show for a while. I've got a book coming out in about six to six months, eight months. I don't know. Launch is happening. Pre-launch is happening pretty much around the corner. And I actually amazingly magically connected on DM voice note a few months back with Daniel Laporte. It's a long story. I won't get into the details behind why, but we communicated and she's my She's my biggest aspiration. Danielle Laporte has changed my life. Her work, her books have transformed my life. And I reached out to her because we're under the same publisher. She's being published by Sounds True next year. I'm part of Sounds True now, which is crazy. And I reached out to her for a question and she messaged me back and she said, as you prepare for launch, take your vitamins, get your rest, drink your water. It's a, it's a ride. And so I'm really focusing on optimizing my body for the the long haul. And I love that I'm talking to Dr. Will Cole today because while we talk a bit about branding, of course, because he's got an incredible personal brand platform, you're going to learn a lot about health. You're going to learn a lot about how the body works, what functional medicine really means, He's going to debunk some myths and perspectives we probably all have around alcohol and coffee and so many other things that impact our bodies that we don't even think about. And so I thought this was a beautiful time to bring him on my show as we are reemerging a little bit out of quarantine. We're able to get outside, move our bodies, really re- reset for the next few months and into the end of the year. And ideally forever, because taking care of your body and listening to your body and treating your body like the temple that it is should be a lifelong endeavor. And I am personally committed to getting myself back on track, feeling good in my skin again, because when you feel good and healthy, you have the energy to change the world. And I think that's why, honestly, you probably listen to my show, right? You want to make a difference and you want to make an impact. And the way that we do that starts with the differences we make within our own bodies and minds and spirits. So I'm so pleased to introduce you to Dr. Will Cole, functional medicine expert who specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing health programs for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormone dysfunctions, digestive disorders, and brain problems. 
Dr. Cole was named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation and is a health expert for Mind Body Green and Goop and is also the host of the Goop Fellas podcast. He's the author of the book, The Inflammation Spectrum, in which he explores how inflammation exists on a spectrum within the body, the various systems it can affect, and how you can discover your own individual food triggers to overcome chronic inflammation. He's also the author of Ketotarian, in which he melds the powerful benefits of a ketogenic diet with a plant-based one. You can find everything you need to know about him at drwillcole.com, where he consults people around the world via webcam and telemedicine way ahead of the times that we are in right now. And he is just a light and so passionate about helping people heal. And you'll hear a little bit about my journey with discovering how inflammation impacted my life and my diet and how I've really overcome it, notwithstanding quarantine, but I'm getting back on track. So hopefully you learn a few things today to really optimize your body so that you can go out and serve the world and live your purpose. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Dr. Will Cole. Okay, Dr. Will Cole, welcome to my show. Thanks so much for being here. My goodness, thank you so much for having me, and I'm I'm really excited for the conversation we're going to have. I know. I have been learning from you as a, like I said, a patient by proxy and just following your methodology and someone who has been plagued by issues related to inflammation. I've loved your work, and I'm super excited to dive into all of the things. But before we do, I would love for you, for those listening that might not be familiar with who Dr. Will Cole is, can you can you tell us? Sure. Yeah. So my my passion and my focus and my career is I'm a functional medicine practitioner. So I focus a lot on people with autoimmune conditions or people somewhere on this larger autoimmune inflammation spectrum. And that can manifest in so many different ways. Um, there's over a hundred different autoimmune diseases that science recognizes today as, you know, overtly considered autoimmune. And then an additional 40 above that 100 that have an autoimmune component. So things like autoimmune thyroid issues, um, MS, Parkinson's, celiac, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, Sjogren's. I mean, there's so many different manifestations. It's, it's this uh, inflammation run wild against certain parts of the body. And we're seeing these levels like never before. And that's what my main focus is. So over the past 11 years at this point, uh, we've ran a, a telehealth clinic, a virtual functional medicine clinic. So I, grew, I, graduated from, I, I graduated from Southern California University of Health Sciences and my postdoctorate uh, education and training is in functional medicine and clinical nutrition. So I, when I graduated from all that stuff, then I, I knew that I wanted to uh, talk about this at, at length uh, online. So people in different cities and states and countries would hear about me talking about this different topic in autoimmunity or hormone health or brain health or gut health and these things that I've, I won't shut up about for the past decade. But they want to know, hey, look, I'm here and he's here. Like, how do I let's get access to, to what he's talking about. So we've always had a virtual functional medicine clinic. Nothing has changed really in my life for the past 11 years professionally, just in me, I guess my reach of people becoming aware of what we do, but what we do hasn't really changed at all. And so from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. through the work week, that's what I'm consulting patients online for. Uh, and I love it. So all the things that I do in addition to my patients are really a natural extension of that. So like the books are just me writing out what I've seen as a functional medicine practitioner, like the podcast, I'm just talking, I'm bringing my 
experience of that. So all of that, like my lane and staying in that lane hasn't changed. It's just uh, ways to talk about that lane have changed. Amazing. I mean, you were really ahead of the times, huh? With telemedicine, you know, being the now new normal. I mean, I hate to even use those words or so um, overused even at this stage in the, the middle of COVID-19, but it's amazing that you were already doing telemedicine in such a deep way. And now that's all we can do, you know, to, to a large extent. I'd love to know your thoughts on the power of your brand and a platform in order to get in front of patients, grow your business. I mean, you've been doing this for a while and so many people I know even listening are just now feeling like they have to learn how to do it. And so what have you seen as success as far as building your platform around your business? Yeah, to, for me, I, I, it's never been, um, I haven't given it much thought as in the sense of uh, being a brand. Like I, to me, I think when you think of a brand, when it comes to anybody, specifically somebody that's coming from a health standpoint, when, when really your heart should be for the people that you're talking to. Your part should be for people that are really going through real health problems. So all of the other stuff is secondary to that. To me, it's like everything that we put out there as far as the books are concerned or the website or the podcast should just be authentic. And that is, again, such an overplayed thing. But I really mean it from like a true, like real life standpoint that it should just be authentic and a natural uh, ripple effect of what you're already doing. So for me, like I am kind of obsessive about things from like a website standpoint, but it's only because I wanted to convey my heart on whatever we're trying to say, or even from a look and feel standpoint, I want, when I want someone to come to drrealcole.com, I want them to feel like they are virtually in the clinic here with me. So like, if you come to the clinic, it looks exactly like the website because I was kind of obsessive about that in a good way of wanting people to have this good experience that realize not everybody's going to become a patient of mine online, but people can get the free content as far as articles are concerned or video classes. They can maybe get something from the store. They can have that own functional medicine experience no matter where they're at and meet them where they're at. So to me, it's always been about that. Like what's that experience for that person that's probably going through some really heavy stuff. And I want it to be peaceful. I want it to be clean. I want it to be open because you know what? Their mind and their life probably is really going, they're going through a rough time. Um, so at least they can find a little stillness in their life. Um, and that's that's been the thought behind it at least. Oh my gosh, so much to say about this. So first of all, I concur about your website. And I will tell you that you're winning in that as a target you know, market. When I come to your website, it's beautiful. It's peaceful. You feel like you can take a breath. It feels intentional. It feels authentic. And I just want to click into what you said about that word authentic, because I wrote a book. I'm recently, I'm publishing a book next year and it's on personal branding, but truly it's about living your truth and how you infuse your authenticity, which agreed is an overused word, but my philosophy is let it be an overused word. Let us all be so fully who we are that we see it everywhere in its true form. And you mentioned it came from your heart, right? There's no right or wrong answers when it comes to building an authentic brand. As long as it comes from your heart, it's in service of who you're, who you're trying to help at the end of the day. It's not about you. It's not an act of self-promotion or vanity, but it's a, an act of service. And you're offering value to people. You mentioned you don't even have to hire me, but you could come and read my blogs or listen to my podcast and still feel 
educated and moved forward in your life. And I think when you do those things, when you come from that place, you're doing it right. Not, you know, truly not to say there's a wrong way, but there kind of is a wrong way in my opinion. And you have just spoken about that so clearly. Like that was a lesson in authentic personal branding, what you just defined. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. And I I didn't like... I normally don't get to talk about this stuff. I'm actually kind of excited because normally I'm talking about health, which is obviously really cool, but this is really cool to talk about health in a different way, like people's perspective of a health field, you know, which is uh, not something I normally get to talk about, but it is, uh, yeah, it's definitely, that's where I'm coming from. So like all the things that I have on, on the site are like, like the colors, they're things that I like, or if I, I like a certain thing, I'll bring it on and I, I don't do it myself, but I talk to the team and I'm like, I, this is what I want. At the beginning, I actually did do it myself. Like 11 years ago, I was with my friend, Matt from, he was a friend of mine from church. And I'm like, this is what I want the site to look like. This is the font. I like would send them all the stuff and we did it together. So now the site has grown and it's evolved since then, but I actually started out with just me and, and my friend. That's the way we all start, Will, right? Like scrappy and with our w- passions and then it, it grows and evolves over over time and look at where you are now. I mean, it's so impressive and it, yeah, it is so in service. So let's let's talk about the medicine stuff because I am a holistic health junkie and that's because Western medicine failed me. I suffered from chronic sinus infections and migraines for seven years. And I had uh, surgery on my sinuses back in 2013 and then still kept getting sinus infections at least two to three, sometimes six or seven a year. And they would take me out for a month at a time. So do the math. And I was basically sick for a year. And at no point did any doctor that I saw in Western medicine talk to me about diet, talk to me about stress, talk to me about sleep. It was just throwing antibiotics at me. And my gut is still healing from that because I've been on so many. So that's me. Let's zoom, let's zoom in and talk about functional medicine and just break that down for people who might not know what is that. Yeah. So functional medicine is another word for that systems medicine or integrative medicine. So it's really, in my mind, the perfect amalgamation of the best of Western medicine and the best of alternative healthcare. So it's evidence-based, it's objective, it's thorough from a data standpoint, but it's also getting to the root cause. So where I'm trained from, in addition to Southern California University of Health Sciences, which is sort of an integrative healthcare school in and of itself, my postdoctorate is through the Institute for Functional Medicine, amongst other institutions. But IFM is sort of the main hub of education when it comes to functional medicine practitioners. So IFM is who's trained all the doctors at the Cleveland Clinic's Functional Medicine Center, and you know many other integrative medicine centers and hospitals and mainstream conventional systems. So it's a really uh, well uh, respected in anybody that knows what they're talking about when it comes to healthcare and producing good results will know that the IFM's IFM is quite well respected. So if I had to break it down, the main differences about what we do in functional medicine compared to uh, conventional medicine, first thing, we interpret labs using a thinner reference range. So anybody that's listening right now, they'll know, hey, I have my lab. And then when I get my labs done, I'll be I'm compared to this reference range, this X to Y interval of numbers. We get that reference range on that lab, whether, you know, if you're in the United States, the Quest or LabCorp or your doctor's office labs, like we get that re- reference range from a statistical 
bell curve average of the population of that specific lab. So you'll see that reference range will vary from lab to lab. You won't find that completely standardized across the board because it's largely based off of the, that bell curve and that, ind that lab's independent data. But the reality is we have to ask the question, who are the people that are predominantly going to the lab that are being included in that bell curve? There are people with health problems. So there's a lot of people that go to their doctor to say, hey, I don't feel good, like something's wrong here, and the labs come back quote unquote normal, even they know intuitively this isn't normal, but they're told you're just depressed, like everything's fine here, here's an antidepressant, or you're just getting older, you're just stressed, you're a new mom, you just need to lose weight, all these sort of well-intentioned reasons as why in the world somebody could have symptoms despite quote unquote normal labs. But what they're being told unintentionally is that they're a lot like the other people with health problems that they're being compared to. So just because something's common doesn't make it normal. Saying something just because it's ubiquitous doesn't mean it's normal. So if we're in functional medicine, we're taking people with health problems out of that reference range. And that's typically a tighter range within that larger reference range of where optimal vibrant wellness resides. That's the functional range where your body is functioning the best. So that applies to thyroid markers, inflammation markers, hormonal markers, like metabolic mar markers, so many things, nutrient markers, everything has an optimal range. And that's not what be people are being compared to when they go to the doctor. So that's number one. Second thing, we run more comprehensive labs. So because we're talking to our patients a lot and we're really hearing them and we want to find out why do they have this problem in the first place. So we're not just interpreting the labs that are done differently, but we're running more data to get multiple labs perspective from their vantage point. Why are they going through this? So things like microbiome issues or toxicity or chronic viral infections or hormonal imbalances, and it's only a confluence of those factors that are the pieces of the puzzle as to why they feel the way that they do. And then we realize everybody's different in functional medicine. There's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all. So like you mentioned like sinus infections, like, and I'm so sorry you went through that, it's horrible. I mean, but you could have a hundred people with sinus infections. What's driving that for one person isn't driving that for the next person. So we see like something like sinus infections or fatigue or thyroid imbalance, like, well, why? I mean, why do we have, it's not a medication deficiency. So let's actually figure out what's going on here. And you can't just cover up the check engine light and say, see you in six months with a medication. You can do that, but uh, it's not going to produce sustainable results for most people. It's just going to be a Band-Aid response. But we wouldn't just see that as that proverbial check engine light, that symptom, whatever you're talking about, the weight loss resistance, the fatigue, the anxiety, the depression, these are all check engine lights. And then from there, we can say, okay, what's underneath the hood? so to speak. Why, why are you going through this? So the labs, comprehensive health history can really give a very thorough perspective of why somebody feels the way that they do. Wow. That was amazing. And so spot on because it's, it is a band-aid approach. It is a check engine light approach, at least in, from my experience in Western, Western medicine, which I went to the hospital and the doctor's so much for years and years. I mean, I will tell you an interesting story. I think you'll appreciate this. I hope you find it funny and ironic in a in an ironic way. So I went to see the top ENT at a very predominant Chicago hospital. Top ear, nose, and throat. Has the whole floor. I got, by the grace of God, an appointment with him. I was in the sixth or seventh week and my one of the worst sinus infections I've ever had. I could not find an answer. I got an appointment with this guy. And I was talking to him about 
all the things that I was trying to do to heal my body. And I told him at one point that I had cut out dairy because it's true. I cut it out a while back. And he looked at me genuinely confused and said, why would you cut out dairy? Like, which I know from my own Google research is, you know, an inflammatory and causes mucus in the body and I shouldn't eat it. And you wrote a book called The Inflammation Spectrum, which I want to talk about because I had done gone down the path. I worked with a lot of holistic doctors. I see a functional medicine doctor in Chicago now. Inflammation was an enormous root of why I kept getting sick. And I really had to change my lifestyle. So explain to us what it is about inflammation that you have found to be such a apex, if you will, of, of issue. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And what you were told by your doctor, I mean, it is that's very common. It is ridiculous because they are not trained to talk about that stuff. They're trained. And I talk about some studies in the book where most conventionally trained doctors would fail a basic nutrition exam. That's not their fault. It's just expecting something they're not even trained for. So it's like expecting a, a mechanic to give you gardening advice. It's like just two different tools, two different toolboxes. So to, to unless the doctor is actually going and seeking postdoctorate education, really not trained to do, to know that. So they can have an opinion about it, right? But they're not really trained in that. And I think that's the reason why the Institute for Functional Medicine is mostly predominantly training conventionally to medical doctors that have an interest in this, that want to help their patients, and they're changing healthcare, in my opinion. But they're not learning that in the medical schools. So if you're not learning in the medical schools, you have to go and seek uh, postdoctorate training on that. So yeah, it's definitely a problem there. And the inflammation spectrum is really an exploration of that because inflammation is really the the um, commonality between just about every health problem under the sun. We mentioned sinus infections, that's inflammatory, but it's any immune mediated response. So even things like diabetes, cancer, heart disease, those are all inflammatory. Autoimmune conditions, all inflammatory. To digestive problems, musculoskeletal issues like fibromyalgia, all inflammatory. To mental health issues like anxiety, depression, fatigue, brain fog, there's a whole field of research looking at that. It's called the cytokine model of cognitive function. Cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's the research that is in the scientific literature looking at how inflammation is impacting mental health, impacting how our brains work. Our brains are part of our body. So to say mental health is separate than physical health is not accurate. It's it, You have to look at it. The brain is being physiological uh, part of our body. Um, we like to relegate it as some separate, that it's immune privileged. And for many years, I think in part, it's because for many years in the research, we understood the, the people thought the brain was immune privileged. Like it was not something where the immune system could affect it. And therefore it's not subject to the same rules that the rest of the body. But now with the research around the microglial cells, which is like the brain's immune system. The rea reality is mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. And there's an inflammatory component to all these mental health issues too. So this is really what my book, The Inflammation Spectrum, is all about. It's really educating people on this for them to find out where they're out on the inflammation spectrum. From mild symptoms, like maybe some mild anxiousness or some bloating or weight loss resistance on one end of the inflammation spectrum to the other end of the inflammation spectrum, which is the you know overt diagnosable autoimmune disease or mental health issue or diabetes, metabolic issue, something like that. And then everything in between. 
but it's then what can you do about it, right? Once you find out where you're at on the inflammation spectrum, like what foods should you focus on? You mentioned dairy, like that's one of the core four foods that are the four foods that are most likely to drive inflammation in most people. But because of bioindividuality, and that's a really a major tenant of functional medicine is we're all different. So some may, people may do fine with like a, a healthier version of dairy in moderation, they're, they're fine with it. But a lot of people don't. So the core four in the book is our grains, dairy, specifically conventional dairy, added sugar and industrial seed oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, cottonseed oil, those type of things. Those can all drive inflammation and every food we eat either feeds inflammation or fights it. So that's really what the book is it's looking at the foods that cause inflammation and then what foods calm inflammation and then looking at the non-food inflamers too. Like it's not just about food. So stress, toxins, sleep, social isolation, screen time, all these other things can drive inflammation levels too. Oh my gosh. So many questions. Okay. So what about coffee and alcohol? Aren't those inflammatory as well? Majorly? They can be, yeah. So they are part of, there's a sidebar in the book where I talk about, actually, I started the sidebar was what about coffee and alcohol? Like you're probably thinking, what about that? So uh, it's funny that you brought those up. So the, it depends. So the whole conversation I want to have in the book is what does your body love and what does your body hate? So people may find out through this journey that they go on for their health, for themselves, they can find out, well, maybe I do fine with four of these, but I don't do fine with the other four. We're all different. Like I do fine with eggs. Someone else doesn't do fine with eggs. I do fine with coffee. Somebody else doesn't do fine with coffee. So let's talk about coffee and alcohol. One, alcohol in small amounts can be fine for a few different reasons. Like wine, for example, I believe that alcohol can create sort of a slight hormetic effect. It's like a concept called hormesis. It's like a slight stress on the body that actually makes the cells in the body more resilient. So I don't think it's ever a health food in excess, but in small amounts, the studies just show that it's associated with longevity. Is it a correlation? It could be other things. Absolutely. I have people remove it for the eliminations period, and then they can try to reintroduce it. And I teach how to reintroduce alcohol and like which ones tend to be the best, which ones tend to be the most inflammatory. So they can try to find a healthy balanced relationship with it. Um, you know, I don't drink at all, but I know some people do. Uh, and I want to teach how to bring it in in a healthy, balanced way if it works for your body. Some people may find out they don't have a tolerance for any of it, but they have to find out and, and really do the digging. Yeah. So one of the biggest factors that I had in my functional medicine work realized was alcohol was playing a huge part in my inflammation. And I wasn't like a lush or dr getting drunk every night at all, but I was drinking a glass of wine with dinner and with meals three to four nights a week. And it was all wine which has a ton of yeast in it. And I stopped drinking and I became basically sober curious for, you know, since then. And I still will periodically have a cocktail or a glass of wine if I feel like it, but drastically changed my lifestyle. And I don't get, I haven't gotten sick in over a year and a half. Now there's a whole bunch of other things I've done as well to change my lifestyle. But for me, alcohol was a huge culprit and I didn't, I didn't even see it. And it wasn't like I had a problem with it. And when my doctor told me to cut it, I wasn't sad. I didn't feel remorse. I wasn't freaking out. I was like, great, that sounds easy. And you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm lucky in that sense. You mentioned there are certain alcoholic types that are more inflammatory than others. Could you share what, what those are? Yeah. So 
typically the gluten containing ones are going to be the most problematic. So the we uh, the beer and the ales and the lagers, these type of things are going to be more problematic, generally speaking, because they have it's like gluten juice, and people that have problems with uh, that is <laughs> they have problems with alcohol. Gluten juice, I love it. <laughs> Higher sugar content of certain ones can be bad too. So like mixed drinks with the sugar, it's really the sugar more than the alcohol. Uh, so those are the the more problematic ones, generally speaking. And then even within one type of class of alcohol, you can get cleaner types and ones that aren't. Ones that are prepared better, more organic, less less additives, less yeast, drier, um, just overall a cleaner alcohol. So you have to look at all these subsets, even within a typical, you know, one type, like a tip one, like when you just talk about wine or vodka, you can get better variations of these too. Great. That's solid. Let's talk about coffee because I'm super addicted to coffee and I <laughs> love my coffee. I've given up so much. Well, I've given up so many things between my, my chronic health journey, but I won't give up coffee and um, I don't drink it all day long. I just need it, you know, in the morning and I like it black. I don't put any crap in it. And I drink bulletproof coffee, which is uh, lacks a lot of things. It doesn't have the mold and, and the fungus in it, but, but just talk about it. A lot of people listening to my show are busy entrepreneurs and I'm sure they drink coffee too. So let's talk about this. Selfishly, I'd like to understand your perspective. On yeah. Yeah. So coffee, there's research to show that coffee at the beginning is going to raise cortisol levels, but that's not inherently a bad thing. Exercise raises cortisol levels too. So it's not, that's not bad. It's just your body's adaptation to the caffeine. But later on, studies show that your body can acclimate and there's an adaptation period where cortisol won't continue to stay spiked uh, if someone's consistently drinking coffee, like, you know, every day um, or, you know, a couple times a week, their body's adapted to that. So we also have to remember, too, that coffee is a whole food. It's not just caffeine. You're getting the minerals and the, the antioxidants and the polyphenols, all these other things that are found within the coffee drink itself. So to, to oversimplify it or you know relegate it to just caffeine is oversimplistic, too. We're all different. And I, in, in the book, I talk about one specific gene called the CYP1A2 gene, what they call the caffeine gene in some studies. So it's a specific detox gene. We look at a lot of CYP genes uh, when we're looking at people's genetics, when we're running them for patients. But that one gene is helps to metabolize caffeine. And some people can be slow metabolizers of caffeine. Some people can be fast metabolizers of caffeine. So slow metabolizers of caffeine, they tend to have more problems with drinking caffeinated beverages like coffee. And this can apply to tea as well, or you know, a soda or anything else with uh, caffeine in it. So the more studies show that the more coffee that somebody drank with the slow gene variant to the CYP1A2, they had increased risk factors for heart issues. It increased their anxiety. It raised inflammation levels. All the things you don't want. But yet the fast metabolizers, the more they drank of coffee, the better their health outcomes were, meaning they live, they tend to live longer. They had better cardiovascular markers, they had lower inflammation levels, they had more lipolysis or fat burning, like all this good stuff, the, the protective stuff. So that is how nuanced bioindividuality is, even with something like coffee. And so everybody loves it, but some people, their body doesn't love it. And some people, their body loves it. So I do fine with coffee. Like my clinic manager, she doesn't like my mother-in-law doesn't like she can have 
you know, creams with caffeine in them, even on topically, and she'll be up all night long. So everybody's different how they metabolize caffeine. Uh, so that's definitely something we're experimenting in the book to see what your body loves. So you can find out your bio individuality from the book or how, if someone is listening and they're like, wow, I want to know how I react to coffee or how I want to, how I react to alcohol or what the ideal foods are to in, decrease inflammation in my body. Can they identify that without seeing a functional medicine doctor? Yeah, largely they can. And that's what the book's for. I think I'm quite aware that not everybody is going to be a patient of ours or be a, have a functional medicine doctor. So that maybe they want to have agency over their wellness on their own, at least for now, you know, and they can always come and look, reach out to us or another functional medicine doctor later on their journey. And that's what a lot of people are doing with the book. Um, and I even have that conversation with the reader throughout the book because I, I bring up all these functional medicine principles for them to do on their own and they can experiment with this on their own. And I give some labs that people can have ran with just their standard doctor or they could, some labs are direct to consumer and you can look at yourself without a doctor. And then you get to a certain point and maybe somebody through the book, they'll get 100% better. A lot of people do. And they don't need any doctor. And that's fantastic. That's why we put the book out. But maybe somebody will get 70% better or 80% better or maybe 50% better. And at that point, they've done all these things. And then I had this conversation at the back of the book to say, hey, look, You've done so much for your health. Here are some, a lot of other things you've taken into consideration that I can't encapsulate everything in one book. Like you may want to reach out to somebody so they can reach out to us or functionalmedicine.org at the IFM. They can do a directory if they want someone local or we can do it online. But I think it's a great starting point. What I was talking about with the detox gene, you need to run a lab on that. But typically we do 23andMe, like the genetic testing, and then just download the raw genetic data and look at it that way. There's other ways to do it too, but that one's specific genetics. But remember, bioindividuality is not just about genetics. It's about a third genetics, two thirds epigenetics. So most of this has nothing to do with genetics. It's just the lifestyle stuff in our health, like gut problems or hormonal imbalances or toxicity or viral, these non-gene stuff that determine way more stuff than just genetics, but we have to look at genetics too. It's still a piece of the puzzle. I love what you said so much because it really is a testament to empowering the patient and that we are our healers. We are our own healers. And I think just again, personally speaking, I felt so disempowered as having agency over my own health. I trusted it all off to, to doctors that just covered up the check engine light, like you said, every few months. And it wasn't until I got so sick that I hit a rock bottom, you know, fell into a deep state of depression and had to start to learn what else was available to me because I knew there had to be a better way. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned on my journey is that I am my own healer. My doctors are facilitators and guides, but it's really ultimately up to me to decide how I treat my body on a daily basis and, and empower myself to educate myself to, to really live an optimal life. It's no one's going to do it for me. So I love what you just said about really taking it into your own hands. It's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that they think they are just going about their life and they're thinking, Oh, well, if the doctor said it, it's gospel. And look, I think we need to be curious about our health. Like we can't care less about our health than somebody else. We have to be our own best advocate. And our doctors are great people, but it's not an individual doctor. It's about a system. The system is designed 
for disease management, which has its place. There's some people that are alive because of medication and we have amazing advancements in acute care, crisis care, emergency care. We have some of the best healthcare systems in the world, but the reality is for chronic healthcare, what we're talking about here with autoimmune conditions, with chronic inflammatory issues, with metabolic issues, with these hormonal problems, those are the people that are falling through the gaps of the system because they're great for emergency care. If someone, God forbid, needs a surgery, we have um, amazing advancements there. But for chronic disease management, they're told there's really nothing you can do. Take this medication. Oh, the medication isn't working. Oh, see you later. Like there's nothing we can do for you other than tinkering around with dosages or you know, generics versus brands. I mean, it's really nothing other than this set of medications that you get for your diagnosis code. So I'm going to ask a loaded question, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole around um, around it, but how has your biz- business been impacted by COVID-19? I mean, as far as your online platform, as well as, you know, the people that you're seeing. Yeah. Um, for us, thankfully, it hasn't changed much. Uh, we are... Like I said, like it, we've been doing the online health thing for a long time. So it's not changed much. My team's all here. We're taking proper precautions. We're being smart, but we're an essential business in the sense that we are dealing with patients that are very, very sick. Uh, and we are their guidance through this time. It's disrupted our patients' lives to some degree, whether it's their jobs or uh, uncertainty in their life. Their kids are at home. They're having to manage that. All of that stuff is definitely. And that impacts us because of how we're managing things and making things practical for them. Lab uh, access surprisingly hasn't been that difficult at all. People are still able to get to labs. A lot of the labs we do, you do at home anyways, like stool tests, urine saliva tests. We can even do at-home blood draws with like local phlebotomists go in the home instead of you go to the lab. So we have workarounds for everything uh, as far as we're concerned. I think more than anything, yeah, it hasn't changed it much. And I know that's, I'm quite aware that most people, their world has changed very much. I'm not being callous to that. A lot of my family members have lost their jobs. A lot of my friends lost their jobs. I know that. But um, for us, just on our line of work, it has impacted us at this point, at least. So you mentioned earlier, we were talking about inflammation, about how mental health is 100% impacted by that. And, you know, we see a lot of news on the news about death rate and sickness rate, but there's a lot of, a lot of people who aren't physically sick, but we are being impacted by the crisis through the quarantine, like anxiety and depression and isolation and all of these things that impact our mental health. I mean, it's so, it's so huge, right? Across all of us, whether we have directly related to the disease itself or not. What advice do you have to people that might be suffering right now in isolation with anxiety and depression? What can they do to take care of themselves? Yeah, well, it's really important, I think. And as things roll open uh, slowly, well, time will tell how this plays out. And even in the fall time, when things, when cold and flu season comes back, what that looks like. So no matter when people are listening to this conversation, I think it's important it, this advice that I'm going to say will remain true, whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic. Um, But the reality is you have to do the best you can with the access you have that's within your budget and within your means. And it's not about adding to somebody's plate of shaming them and then thinking, oh, they're not doing all the things or not. Like sometimes people just need to chill and unplug and not do anything and just be. And I feel like sometimes 
that's really what's needed. We don't need to do more. We just need to be. And I think if anything, I'm hearing more and more the silver linings of people are forced through this time to learn how to be again. And most of us have lost that for so long, like with the past 10, 20 years uh, have really been so on fast forward that it's causing people to pause for a little bit, which is uncomfortable for many people. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of amplification of problems because they are very uncomfortable with themselves and they're uncomfortable with the silence. But I would say go into that, go into the silence and pick up a meditation practice, maybe download a Headspace app or Calm app or another meditation app. I have like the Peloton bike, they even have like meditations on that uh, or whatever. You can get free ones on YouTube and get meditation videos on that. So I, I think really bringing acts of stillness and silence in your life is important now, but it's important anytime. And I would say, use this time. Many people are always saying they don't have enough time to take care of themselves because they're so busy. If they have more time on their hands, then maybe consider using that time when when you're done, you know, Netflixing and, and, and watching TV on the, on the couch, maybe then pick up the hobby that you wanted to start that you never had time for. Maybe it is starting to eat clean and you can go and teach on the website. You can do, you can go to Aldi, you can go to Costco, you can go to Walmart. We live in such an awesome time where you, you can get healthy food very inexpensively. Um, and when you're not buying all the junk food, you can put that money towards eating healthy. So it's actually, you don't have to be uh, wealthy to be eating healthy and move your body. I, I would say like you, YouTube's a great, um, and Instagram too. There's a lot of free content from all these trainers and yoga instructors. of just moving your body. Just do something like 15, 20 minutes a day, like get a sweat in getting out in nature. If you have access to that is super therapeutic. The research coming out of South Korea and Japan of what they call Shinrin Yoku. It's like forest bathing of the cortisol lowering anti-inflammatory benefits of just getting out in nature. That's completely free. Um, making sure you're getting enough sleep at night. It's very important. Turning off technology <laughs> at times, like technology can be quite edifying, like we're connecting to people right now, but it also can be this FOMO inducing, anxiety fueling, f endless vortex of conflicting information, fear inducing information. People need to maybe unplug and turn off the phones, especially if they're filling their minds up with chatter and noise that isn't conducive to their mental or physical health. Um, and then I would say disconnect, but also connect in a way that's balanced. So maybe it's not on the screen, maybe it's calling up somebody and maybe it is FaceTiming and then putting the, the phone away or putting the laptop away. Cause we humans have gone through pandemics before, but you know what humans didn't have before the benefits of technology, like the la in 1918, when there was a Spanish flu pandemic, people were isolated, they had to wear masks and they had no way to connect to people. So use the silver linings of now that we live in such an awesome time where we can't connect to somebody, but know when to turn off technology too. It's a healthy balance. So those are the things I would say for people to, to consider. It was gospel right there. That was great. And you live in a time when you can telecall a doctor like, like Will and learn and, and get, get information and move towards a healing virtually. It's so, it's so powerful. Everything you just said is so powerful. And I could not agree with you more. 
I, you know, my business is called Simply Be, as you know, and the truth of the matter is it's, it's really like simply do. <laughs> like we're in the doingness as a business, as a society, as a planet, you know, so much. And this is an opportunity. I, you know, I'm very careful of what I, what I say, because I don't want to ever negate the fact that there is tragedy and death and people losing their jobs. And, and there's, you know, a, a lot of sadness right now about it and grief. But I also believe that it is an opportunity of awakening and that we are stepping forward into a new consciousness as a planet to slow down and to be more aware of how we treat our bodies and time with priorities and and nature and how we treat the planet and really reconnecting so that we can move forward more evolved and that that in and of itself is going to be the biggest silver lining of this entire thing. I mean, there always is where there is light, there is dark and, and vice versa. And I think we've been really called to be with ourselves in a whole new way and to really look at, you know, and in, in, in a huge part of that are our health and that's, that's mentally, that's physically, and that's spiritually. And I just so agree. If you did three things that Will just mentioned, you would be winning and I would be, I would be proud of you, whoever is listening. It's really, it's such great, great advice. Thank you. Yeah, truly. So I wanted to ask you just because I have a lot of entrepreneurs and people who build businesses or wanting to build businesses that listen to my show. Um, you know, you are a doctor, but you are a platform and you've built a business and I would consider you an entrepreneur. And so I'd love to know some of, you know, the, what is some of the best pieces of advice that you can give someone, you know, on the path to building a successful company and brand? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, I feel like God still has so much more for me. So I, I, you talk to me another 10 years, I'll probably say something different. But at this point in my life, I would say the best thing that I've done is stay in my lane is you don't have to be, it's very easy in our society to get distracted and get caught up in comparison. And like you're judging somebody's full journey by the highlight reel you see on Instagram. That is a recipe for anxiety. That's a recipe for paralyzing you in where you're meant to be. So for me, I think the best thing that I've done is, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, but a practice, it's a practice for a reason because I I mess up all the time on it, but it's just picking myself up and refocusing. It's just saying, put your, your nose to the ground, keep focused in your lane and stay consistent even when you don't feel like it, show up. Even when you are thinking it's not gonna you know, work out, show up. Because to me, I think that consistency is key and staying in your lane is key. And from that, for me at least, has been a ripple effect of synergistic, serendipitous things that it's just a universal order. And I really feel like that's it. And then I would say, give out of your need, even if you have like nothing. Like when I started out, I was living in a like a two bedroom apartment with my wife and like a little baby and show up and like give to people that are maybe need even more than you do. Even if you feel like you don't have much, like you have to give out of abundance, even when you don't have it. So I think that's another principle that's helped me um, through my life as well. I love that. That was Perfect. And so true. And I say that to people all the time too, consistency. I mean, really, that's the difference between people who 
succeed and those that don't are the ones that just keep failing forward and and showing up for themselves and and staying consistent because you could be the most talented person in your space but if you dip in and dip out and give up on give up on yourself or give up on your people that that doesn't give you any runway to compound and grow because it is a long game and it takes a minute to build something great it doesn't happen overnight there are no shortcuts and i love what you said about about service and coming from an abundant mindset i start there all all day long especially now at this time with everything going on in the world yeah so i want to ask you Dr. Will Cole, the last question I ask every single guest that comes onto my show, which is um, up for interpretation, of course, but what does the words simply be mean to you? Wow. So I think that's actually beautiful two words. I think what I said earlier about how we're so caught up in doing in our society, like it's doing more, achieving more, all this stuff, but it's out of balance with being. So I think that for me, sim- if you're saying what do I think sim- simply be, it is the rootedness of all creativity is there. So if people are always caught up in their minds and they're detached from a larger connection they have with the universe. So if you simply be, and I, this is a practice, but this is what mindfulness practice does. It roots you in being. Uh, so you can connect to something way bigger than yourself and what you can do through stressing and striving. To me, it's like nothing really good ever happened when I stressed and strive my way. You can't stress or strive your way into wellness. You can't stress or strive your way into successful business. Because even if you get all the money and get all the things, it's going to be a, such a s- source of stress and you will hate it. Uh, and it's like, what is all that worth? What's your physical health worth? So if you're really coming from a place of, if you want sustainable, whatever you're looking for, you have to come from a place of simply being. I think that was one of my favorite answers to that question I've ever heard. <laughs> thanks. I think about these things too often, but thanks for asking me. <laughs> on point, on point. And I thank you for saying that. I have a little tattoo on my wrist and that's, where the, that's where the name came from. The, the tattoo came first and then the business <laughs> was inspired it. by that, by the way. So Dr. Will Cole, where can everyone find you? Tell us your platform, your books, your podcast. I mean, you are just clearly a wealth of of inspiration, knowledge, and expertise. So tell us all the things. Thank you. Well, um, everything's at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. We offer a free health evaluation via phone or webcam there. We lots of free content. Uh, Yeah, and on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. Same with Facebook and uh, Twitter, all the the places. Amazing. And I love following you on Instagram over there. We got to be, we got to be buddies. Yes. Really. Th- and thanks for complimenting my yellow yes. at the top. It's brilliant. That's why you do what you do. You, you made my whole, you made my whole day. Well, this conversation did, this was brilliant and mind blowing. And thank you for, for joining me and coming on and educating not only everybody listening, but, but especially me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. If you loved this podcast, and I so hope you did, please go ahead and subscribe. That way, you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. And if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and leave us a review. I will be reading listener reviews at the top of each episode, and I would love, love, love to feature yours. If you want to continue to hang out with us, you can come find us on the interwebs. We are at simplybeagency.com. 
And you can subscribe to our newsletter, where we send exclusive invites to our events, special announcements, and hook you up with personal branding tools. They're awesome. And if you want to come hang out with me, Jessica, I spend most of my time on Instagram. You can find me at Jessica Zweig, that's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-Z-W-E-I-G. My last name is German, by the way. And we can spend some time there. That's it for now. And until the next episode, have a simply awesome week. Bye, guys. This podcast was produced by Dante32.